Investment advisory services offered through Sound Income Strategies, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisory firm. Johnson Wealth and Income Management and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are not associated entities. Johnson Wealth and Income Management is a franchisee of the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store and Sound Income Strategies, LLC are associated entities. What kind of a retirement plan allows millions of people to lose 30 to 50% of their life savings just as they near retirement? It's a society based on freedom and choice and personal responsibility. There are no guarantees. It's important that people deal with someone to make sure to provide lifetime income. Lifetime income. And now to our story. Welcome to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store and brought to you by Johnson Wealth and Income Management. Are you living the life you want? Are you prepared for retirement as you believe you should be? What are your goals for retirement and how are you going to reach them? In the next 30 minutes of today's program, let's explore the principles necessary to live the capitalized life and the retirement of your dreams. Now, here's this week's Capitalized Life and Retirement program with your host, Matthew Johnson. And welcome to today's episode of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. I hope you're having just a fantastic morning. I am so tickled to have you here today, and it is my pleasure to be here and spending a few minutes with you on this Saturday morning. I hope you've got your coffee, you've been able to be up and moving around, and let's talk about retirement. Let's talk about money, the blessing of money, and let's talk about what we need to be careful of with our money. And this one is going to be more of a precautionary tale. But before we get into it, I just want to encourage those of you that do not know anything about the Retirement Income Store. The Retirement Income Store helps to power this radio show every Saturday morning. And if you have not, I encourage you to go to the retirementincomestore.com, just four simple words, the Retirement Income Store. And take a gander, go through the website, look it over, spend a little bit of time to read the different articles and all the different white papers that exist within that website, because there's a lot of just so many nuggets of golden truth that apply to a person. You know, we want to be successful in retirement and being educated and being well-versed in what it's going to take to retire, to stay retired is important. It's something that we don't spend a lot of time on as Americans. We just kind of leave it up to the market. We leave it up to the advisor that we work with. If we even have one, we leave it up to the employer and the 401k. And we need to take initiative and decide that our retirement is going to be something that we make of it. It's something that we get to plan it and we get to execute on it and it gets to benefit us for the rest of our lives. And I want you to have a good one. And that's the reason I take this Saturday morning and have this radio show. But it's also the reason things like the Retirement Income Store exist for you to be able to have that resource available to yourself. So let's get started. This is, a, as I said earlier, a precautionary tale that occurred to a gentleman by the name of Ray. And Ray came to me after having a not so great experience with a financial advisor in the local area. And 
Ray was a mid-60s gentleman. He had worked for a long, long time just as a factory worker for many years of his life, and he had tried to do what the textbook had told him to do. He participated in his 401k, and he saved money there, and he worked to not spend a lot, and he tried to save some money in the bank, and he and his wife were comfortable. They had saved a good amount of money, but then he knew that when he retired, he wasn't going to want to leave his 401k behind. And so as most retirees will do, he took his 401k and he rolled it to an IRA. And he had never really worked with a financial advisor before. The closest thing really to an advisor that he had ever had was basically the guy that came in, you know, once a year to sit down with the employees and discuss 401ks. And of course, most of those individuals can't provide financial advice. They can just kind of give general advice saying, well, you know, you're this old, maybe you should look at this kind of a portfolio. And so by and large, even though it was something where he had some periodic input, he had never really worked with someone who had ever put together an actual retirement plan. And so he retires, he rolls his money into an IRA with a local stockbroker, which is of no consequence, nothing against stockbrokers. And he was very clear with this financial advisor that he was now retired and he needed income. And he admitted when he came to see me that he had heard me on the radio a number of different times, but he just, well, you know, several of his friends had mentioned and referred the stockbroker to him. And so when he went in, he sat down, he talked to this guy, the guy's like, well, I can do income too. Not a big deal. And so the reason that Ray came to one of my programs is he had heard that as he got older, he was going to have to turn on this thing called a required minimum distribution. And he was concerned about how much he was going to have to take out. And so he had attended one of my webinars that I had hosted every month. And typically I host anywhere between two to three per month. And so he had come to one of those webinars and arguably he had learned a lot. He learned about Roth conversions and many other things, but he realized that maybe he needed to have a second opinion on what he had been doing with his money. And so as many people will do, he basically brought his portfolio in. He sat down, he explained his situation, and he had me review what his stockbroker had put into place. And there was really three different areas that this broker was trying to work with Ray on. He said, okay, so this bucket of money over here is going to be your safe bucket. And this bucket here was going to be your more moderate bucket. And this bucket over here, well, it's going to be your aggressive bucket. Well, that sounded pretty good. I appreciate when I see financial advisors diversify. But what goes beyond and what transcends just those generic terms of conservative, safe, moderate, and aggressive is what's really implemented and what's being invested in. And as I started getting into the portfolio of what this broker had done for Ray, I realized that this was an oh boy, oh birdo moment. This was the point where I realized we had some major problems. There were some major red flags. And as I started to kind of ask questions with regards to his relationship with his advisor and what his advisor's business model was, it started to make then sense to me why I was seeing what Ray was invested in. And I encourage all of you as listeners, if you have questions, please go to our website, www.com 
Johnson, J-O-H-N-S-O-N, W-I-M stands for Wealth Income Management, dot com. And post your question to us. Reach out to us. Let us know what kind of topics you'd like to hear us discuss on each episode every Saturday morning. So we're going to start with and just kind of analyze how this advisor had worked with Ray. So first and foremost, Ray had been able to save roughly about $600,000. And that's a good amount of money. To some, that might not be nearly enough. Certainly, you know, today articles say we need at least a million to $2 million, some will say. I think that that is maybe a little bit ambitious for the area and the cost of living that we live in. But the reality is, is that we started looking first and foremost at what was the conservative side. Well, the first red flag that I saw within Ray's portfolio was the fact that his advisor had taken $200,000. He was doing a third, a third, and a third. And he had invested that in a multiplicity of different government bonds, some that I would say a majority, probably close to 50 to 55% of them were sitting in 20-year government bonds. Now, I don't know if you understand this about government bonds, but government bonds are supposed to be extremely safe. Okay, And we can argue that point all day long, but the reality is because the government says these are backed by the full faith and credit of the U.S. government and they're safe, that means that they're going to have very little return. So as a result, here is a portfolio where we've got about $200,000 that's divided between these government bonds, the majority sitting in 20-year government bonds, which was a real problem because the first thing is they were only yielding about 1.8%. Now, that's a problem. That is a major issue because if inflation is sitting, say, at 3% conservatively and we're making 1.88%, well, guess what? We're losing ground, aren't we? And then the other thing is, is that he had used CDs off from the secondary market. The firm that he worked for allowed him to sell CDs to Ray. And so Ray had other investments in this conservative safe bucket that were making as little as 1.1%. So it was even worse. And if Ray needs income off from $200,000, let us say that we're sitting in a position with $200,000 and we're maybe averaging say, a total of, we'll we'll just say conservatively, 1.6%. Well, for Ray, that was a major problem because that was only around $3,200 of interest on $200,000. That was something that he really, really needed more. He needed more than just $3,200 from his safe bucket. So then we got into the moderate category. And this one didn't surprise me at all because I saw that the stockbroker had sold a variable annuity. Now, annuities are just a word. They mean lots of things to lots of people. But the variable annuity, and this is the reason why I say, if you own an annuity, you need to have it reviewed. You need to know exactly what kind of an annuity you have, how it functions. Because the annuity in and of itself wasn't bad. The fact of the matter, though, was the amount of fees and the fact of the risk that Ray was taking on within that variable annuity with the fees that he was paying. So he had $200,000 sitting in this 10-year variable annuity. And a variable annuity is called variable for a reason. It's not going to be a guaranteed return because it's investing in the stock market. It's basically using mutual funds. But this advisor, this, this broker, knowing that, then took the variable annuity, the mutual funds as it were, 
and he wrapped them up in an insurance wrapper. In other words, he added a whole bunch of riders onto this annuity. He basically was saying, we're going to go really, really fast, but we're going to put guardrails on both sides of the road. So if you crash, you won't die. And that was a problem for Ray because the fees after you added up the administrative fee, the mortality and expense fee, the sub account fee for the mutual funds, the riders that were on there, Ray was paying in excess, paying in excess over 4% per year to the insurance company that he bought the variable annuity from. Now, arguably, it had done okay. It was only a couple of years old, and because the market had gone up, he had made some money. That was the good news. So this is the reason he didn't really understand the fees. It didn't seem like a big deal to him. But you see, the reason that fees on variable annuities are so important is because those fees are going to be charged to you whether the market's up or whether the market's down. Now, you think about that. So if the market's down, say, 15% and you've got an extra 4% in fees, that's going to be adding insult upon injury. That's going to be stacked upon top of the already loss that you've realized in the value of those mutual funds. Number two, and this was the big point for Ray, once he turned on income from that variable annuity, he was going to have to be taking out withdrawals because that's what an income writer does. It produces income, but he was still going to have to be paying those fees. So his 4% withdrawal rate really wasn't a 4% withdrawal rate. His 4% withdrawal rate was really 8 because he wasn't factoring in the 4% fees. The company wasn't going to waive the fees simply because he was taking income. So this was the second big flag that Ray had because he now realized not only was he subject to volatility and actually real loss if those mutual funds declined in value, if the market tanked, but he was also going to have these fees that were likely going to stick with him for the rest of his life. Stick with it because I know you're going to want to hear about the aggressive bucket, and this is where we really have some problems. So if you're thinking, you know, that really does make sense, or if you have questions about today's discussion, I'm going to encourage you to reach out to me. Call our office at 866-290-3837. My staff will put together some educational materials that I know will be of value to you, and we'll email them to you or we'll mail them if you prefer. If you have questions, we will do our best to answer them for you. Take the first step. Reach out at 866-290-3837. Again, that's 866-290-3837. So stick tight. We'll be right back. You don't want to miss out. You're locked on to the Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. Remember the good old days when you could earn 5% on a bank CD? What if you could earn similar rates on interest and dividends to those CD rates? It's possible. And the income specialists at the Retirement Income Store can help you. We're a network of experienced financial advisors operating independently owned firms under the umbrella of the Retirement Income Store. This makes it simple and easy for you to find a retirement income specialist in your local area. Our advisors have helped hardworking Americans across the country invest and save for their retirement. 
Matthew Johnson is your local income specialist in the Mason City area. He's the president of Johnson Wealth and Income Management with over 30 years experience in the financial services industry. And he's helped thousands of clients better understand the inside game of financial investing. If you're interested in learning more about Matthew Johnson, his business, and how he can help you with your retirement strategy, call 866-290-3837. The Retirement Income Store, where retirees go for income. Welcome back to the Capitalized Life from Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson, powered by the Retirement Income Store. And welcome back to the second half of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. I'm your host, Matthew Johnson, president and owner of Johnson Wealth and Income Management, a retirement income store located in Clear Lake and Humboldt, Iowa. Well, we're coming back to the second half and we're discussing our good friend, Ray. And this episode is called Oh Boy, Oh Birdo for a reason. Ray had retired. He had worked for a number of years in a factory. And if you're just joining us to give you some background about Ray, he had worked, he had saved roughly about $600,000. He had never really had an advisor. And now that he's retired, he knows he's got to do something. He doesn't want his 401k left behind with his previous employer. He knows that he needs to get it into an IRA. And so he hires this broker who had been referred to him. And the broker assured him, Ray, I can do income too. And so Ray had uh, kind of gone along for a couple of years and felt like everything was doing okay, but he had come to one of my webinars on required minimum distributions and it evoked enough curiosity to figure out, okay, I guess there's some things that I don't know about and I need to maybe figure out if I'm going to be ready for these RMDs. Maybe I need to have a second opinion on what I'm doing right now, because maybe it's a little bit more complex than what I anticipated. And so he sits down and we go through and we notice that his broker had done what I would suggest is kind of the textbook way of doing it. We had three different buckets. We had the conservative safe bucket. We had the moderate bucket. And then we had the aggressive bucket. And we already kind of covered the fact that the safe conservative side, he was using long-term government bonds going as far as 20 years, which Ray never really understood that that was not really an ideal position to be in because at 20 years, anything is a long, long time. And he was only yielding about 1.8%, a little over that in those government bonds. And then to add insult upon injury, he was using also some CDs from the institution that the broker worked with. And as a result, the yield on those were even less. They were around 1.1%. So on $200,000, Ray was only producing around $3,200 worth of income. Now, that's better than a poke in the eye with a sharp stick, but it's not good enough. You're still losing to inflation. And so this is the reason why I say it's not always what you expect, but rather what you inspect. You've got to look into what you're doing. No matter who it comes from, you need to inspect it and make certain that you feel comfortable and confident that it's the very best. So then we got into this moderate category and we found that it was a variable annuity. And that's that, that's something that's fairly common. And I see a lot of people investing in annuities. I'm skeptical of annuities in many respects. And so we have to be careful knowing that there's literally thousands of designs out there. 
But the type that, that Ray had been sold was a variable annuity. And not only did it have risk, but because of the risk, the advisor, the broker had added on to this variable annuity a profound number of different riders. I think probably every rider the insurance company had. And as a result, it kept increasing the amount of fees that Ray was having to pay up to 4%. And so Ray now understands that he's got this variable annuity that is subject to risk of loss because if the market goes down, the mutual funds are going to follow it. But he was never going to get away from the fees and the fees were going to either add to the risk of loss or they were going to cannibalize his principal faster than what he anticipated because when he makes a withdrawal, those fees don't simply go away just because he's drawing income. So then we looked into the aggressive and this one I figured was probably going to be kind of the standard typical die in the wool mutual funds. And guess what I found? It was the standard typical die-in-the-wool mutual funds. But to the credit of the broker, the broker was using more income-type funds. So that was good. He was actually yielding a little bit better in yield. He was getting around 3 3.1%, kind of depending upon the funds. And there was multiple different funds in the stock brokerage account. So I can't fault him for that. He was doing a good job of trying to diversify Ray. But the problem is is that he was using bond funds to do it, or he was using mutual funds that had a high percentage of bonds sitting in it. And as I explained to Ray, the reason that we have to be careful of bond mutual funds in today's world is because interest rates are very low. And if we believe that the Federal Reserve is going to raise interest rates in the future, What that's going to do is that's going to then cause bond mutual fund prices to fall per share. They're going to fall in value. And you see, the problem here was kind of twofold because he was being charged a commission when he bought those mutual funds. Let's say that he was being charged 5%, which is what I think the broker had charged him on these mutual funds. Well, if he's only getting 3% in income, from these bond mutual funds, what did that mean for Ray? Well, Ray needed the income today. And well, if you do the math, that means that Ray's not going to really realize any income for roughly about the first year and a half. That means he's giving up 18 months. Now, granted, he had bought these a couple of years ago, so he was already past the commission. But here's the thing. We don't want less income, we want more income. We don't want just enough income to be meeting the rate of inflation. We want more income that we need. And that was the problem for Ray. You see, Ray needed more than just 3% coming from the bond funds. So the advisor had suggested to him, don't worry about it. You just tell me what you need. I'm going to provide it. And this is where we have to inspect that statement. We have to figure out what is the advisor doing? What is the broker doing to get Ray the income that Ray needs. And as we looked at the statement, we went into the transactions detail of that statement, and we found that the stockbroker was selling shares every single month. Now, this is a problem because you see, if you're reverse dollar cost averaging, if you're having to sell shares to get your income, that means that you're cannibalizing your principal. You're spending your principal for the sake of income, which is not the way to do it. Now, as I Continued on with my conversation with Ray, I found out that this advisor, this broker had not talked to him about Roth conversions. He had not talked to him about how 
taking these withdrawals from his account was going to create additional taxation on his social security. So this was a big one. And I want you to just hear this little quip here, just real quick. I want you to hear this. A lot of people don't realize up to 80% of their social security can be taxed depending on where their income comes from. Most people's income in retirement comes from a qualified plan. And if it comes from a qualified plan and it's over a certain amount, if they make more income than that, their social security begins to be taxed. And it's a double taxation of sorts. And so you see, he didn't understand that when he takes income, he's also creating taxation on his social security. Now, Ray was okay paying the tax on the social security, but he was never psychologically prepared for it. And this is what an advisor is to do. An advisor is to advise. Now, there is one other thing that I needed to get across to Ray, and that was this, that no one had ever talked to Ray about Roth conversions. In other words, with the meager amount of income that Ray and his spouse were living off from, he didn't understand that if he wanted to really combat the future tax time bomb that he was sitting on with the $600,000 that he had saved in pre-tax money in his 401k, now IRA, he needed to be able to start doing some conversions with a portion of his assets. Here, I want you to listen to one of the best tax experts I know. His name is Ed Slot. Take a listen. Maybe this is a prime opportunity to do a Roth conversion you couldn't do before. You have a perfect storm of opportunity. You have low tax rates. You should look at the tax brackets and take advantage if it suits your income bracket and take some of that money and convert it to a Roth. There's benefits there. You're moving it to tax-free territory. The more money you move to a Roth, once it's in the Roth, there are no RMDs, so it will lower your future RMD tax liability going forward. So you see, when you sit down with a financial advisor, I encourage you to sit down with the advisor and number one, understand if this advisor is a broker, are they commissions based? Are they product salesmen? Are they working for an insurance company only? Are they captive agent or are they a fiduciary? Are they really working and providing you advice that is in your best interest? Number two, I don't fault this guy for doing what he did with Ray. He was trying to do the very best that he possibly could based upon the business model. But this is where when you sit down with a financial advisor, you need to ask tough questions. And if you don't know the questions to ask, I want you to give me a call. I will give you a list of questions that you can ask your advisor. In fact, I will go a step further. For the first five callers that call my office, which is 515-332-7000, I'm going to give a book away called The Retirement Income Story, okay? First five callers, you get the book. You just give us your name, your address. We will send the book to you free. No gimmick, no strings attached. But within this book, there is a list of questions to ask your financial advisor. And this is the same questions that you need to ask your advisor to figure out what is this advisor's business model. And so you see, Ray had transitioned from the accumulation stage to the distribution stage, but he was still using a growth-based financial advisor. And because that advisor's business model was growth-based, he really didn't have a lot of tools to create income outside of things that were extremely meager 
like the government bonds and the bank CDs to then using an insurance product that was heavily loaded with fees that still presented risk to Ray, but then also reverse dollar cost averaging to create income through selling shares because honestly, the amount of interest being provided by the bond funds weren't enough. This is the reason why when clients come to me and they sit down before I will even provide advice, I want to be able to inspect and see where that client is, how they're investing their money, because this is the way that we identify if there's any red flags. And if there is, now we know what's cancerous. We know what we need to carve out. And then we know what we need to inject in its place that's good. Something that's going to be individually owned, something that's going to create interest and dividend income in a reliable way. If you find yourself in the same predicament as Ray, I encourage you to reach out and have your plan inspected. Figure out what questions you need to be asking your advisor so that you can have the absolute confidence to retire and know it's going to be okay. Go to my website, Johnson, W-I-M, which stands for Wealth Income Management. And you'll find that there's a little link there to communicate to us, to send us a question, to send us a comment. You can also go to our radio podcast channel, which is just CapitalizeLife.com. You'll be able to get all of the past episodes of the Capitalized Life and Retirement Show. And I just really appreciate you doing that and giving us a bit of feedback as to what you think and what you don't think. I'm Matthew Johnson, and remember, it's up to you to make today a great day. Thanks so much for listening. That's all the time we have for today. To schedule 15 minutes with Matthew off the air, call 866-290-3837. That's 866-290-3837. And for more information, visit us online at johnsonwim.com. That's johnsonwim.com. We will be back again next week at this same time for another Capitalized Life and Retirement Program with Matthew Johnson.